Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Welcome back in, team. Great to have you with me today. Uh, I have Frank Yosa to guest. Frank is the CEO of a company called Ketone Aid. Uh, you might know from all my past episodes that I'm very interested in ketones, exogenous ketones and keto diet um, and the benefits of that and the variations of that. Um, and I've had in the past a number of experts on on keto um, to guest. And this week I have Frank. Now, Frank has a slightly different take on everything. And we compare um, exogenous ketones, the ketone esters versus ketone salts, uh, which are different versions of exogenous ketones, ketones that you can take to help improve things like brain function, heart function, uh, help with Alzheimer's, help with strokes, help with, uh, you know, brain injuries, that type of thing. That's what I've used it for with my mum. Can also be used in conjunction with other things with cancer. Um, And we go head to head a little bit on um, the the ketone salts versus the ketone esters, the differences there, and do a bit of a deep dive into that. He also has a product called Hard Ketones, and I'm very interested in this product. And um, I'm going to be uh, importing both of these products, both the Ketone Ester, which I have in my shop now. So if you want to go and check that out, head over to uh, shop.lisatamity.com. That's my my anti-aging and health and longevity shop over there with a curated bunch of of supplements from all around the world and I've managed to get Frank's ketone aid um, the KE4 ester in there um, this is the one that uh, the Tour de France team Quick Step Alpha Vinyl are using um, he's a sponsor of, of theirs and a lot of the guys in the in the Tour de France actually use ketones and ketone aid especially for sports performance so from that point of view very very interesting discussions but this other product that he has which is called hard ketones is basically like an alternative to your wine and your beer and your alcohol um, now when alcohol breaks down in the body so normal alcohols like wine and beer uh, gin and all the all the others, um, they break down into something called acetaldehyde, and this is very detrimental to our body. Um, there is no safe limit for it; it is all detrimental. Um, so, what Frank has done is he's made another product called uh, R13 Butane Dial, and this gives you the same sort of relaxation, a bit of a buzz, but you're sort of more alert. Um, that it's a it is a type of alcohol, but it doesn't break down into the very dangerous, you know, acetaldehydes and all the negative things that that can do. Uh, so I'm very interested in this product. I think it could be very uh, cool for those people who are wanting to stop uh, having a glass of wine every night or a bottle of wine every night or uh, too many beers on the weekend or whatever the case may be. And this may be an alternative for you. So I hope to get those in the shop very shortly as well. So keep checking back in for those. But we already have the. Case KE4 in the shop. So make sure you check that out. Right. Uh, Before we head over to the show, just a a quick recap on what I've been doing. Um, Last week, I did a deep dive into all the research that I've been doing, uh, everything from microbiomes to infrared light therapy. Uh, to infrared saunas and uh, 
goodness knows, I, I study everything. <laughs> I'm always like in a deep dive somewhere. Um, so I hope you found that interesting last week. If you are wanting to reach out and get help with any health issues that you're having or you want to optimize your health or you want to be in the anti-aging longevity camp and make sure that you stay healthy for as long as you possibly can, and who doesn't want that, then please reach out to support at lisatarmody.com if you want to find out a bit more about the programs that I do and the consulting and the coaching that I do. Um, I've been doing a lot of speaking as well all around the place, um, some very interesting conferences that I've had the privilege of speaking at. Um, the Natural Health uh, Summit was a couple of weeks ago, and that was absolutely fabulous. Got to meet some really incredible people, and some of those guests will be coming on. Um, I hope to get Greg McPherson from SRW uh, Laboratories on shortly, who has a really cutting-edge range in the anti-aging longevity supplement range and a book called uh, Harnessing the Nine Hallmarks of Aging. I highly recommend that read. Um, so make sure you do check out last week's podcast. But now, without further ado, over to the show with Frank Yosa. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have Frank Loza with me. Welcome to the show. Did I say your name right, mate? Uh, some people say Loza, but technically Yosa, but Yosa? either one's fine. Yeah, the double L <laughs> is a Y sound, yeah. Everybody in America calls me Tamari, which is wrong as well, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so apologies for that. Hey, no I'm problem. super excited to inter- uh, interview today. Um, you are the CEO and founder of Ketone Aid. Um, yep. Can you give us a bit of a background, Frank, about yourself and how did you get into this this whole world? Yeah, sure. It all started with um, the, the first experience I had with the concept of ketogenic diet was a friend of mine, maybe 15, 20 years, no, 20 years ago, who was, we were about to go out, you know, partying and he opened up the fridge and took out a pound of cheese and just inhaled the entire cheese and he was heavy. <laughs> and just ate the entire cheese. And I said, what in the hell are you doing? And he goes, oh, I'm losing weight. I'm like, yeah, good luck with that, buddy. Like, I didn't know anything about the Atkins or ketogenic diet. Um, I just saw him inhale this pound of fat. And I was like, you know, good luck. Yeah. And then uh, about 10 years later, so a long time later, um, I heard some stories in the family, you know, dinner room table about Dr. Richard Veach, who's my wife's. Uh, was my wife's godfather. Oh, and, wow. Uh, here. So right here, the... Oh, crikey. Dr. Richard Veach, right here, this great book, Ketones, The Fourth Fuel. You can get oh, it on man. Audible, yeah. download. And it's a 250-year history of how you know ketones came about. So Warburg to Krebs to Veach. Wow. And so... That's real I, close. I, I took the deep dive to better understand ketones and then met Dr. Veach at a... I'd met him before, but meeting him, knowing that he has this background in ketones with just a little bit of knowledge and just started working with him and visiting NIH a bunch of times and helping. He wanted someone to just give him $20 million to just make a tanker car of this so that people would just line up in the back and just, and it's like, ah, there's more to it. Business. He had no respect for business people or marketing. He just thought the product would sell itself and just go buy the goddamn, go read the goddamn papers is what he would always say. Like you yeah, don't need and nobody does. podcasts to explain things. You just go read the papers. And it was obvious to him. But the pitch back then was, we think people will buy something that's $75 a day worth and tastes like, you know, a cross between vomit, tequila, and apple cider vinegar, like just horrible <laughs> tasting and really expensive. 
meanwhile, that's when CBD was hot and people think, Oh, I'll just, I'll go with the CBD, you know, investment. And then I decided that I had already had some successes in some dot com stuff 10 years earlier. And I said, well, why am I going out and asking people for money? If it's something that I believe in, just do it. And then decided to just do it. And it was two years of R and D, multiple wow. labs working on the same thing. And one lab yeah. would say, Oh no, it's impossible. Thank God we had the backup lab because this stuff, Dave Asprey spent $25,000 for the equivalent of one serving. Of I one know. Of these. <laughs> and, uh, and the Tour de France teams, only one team had it and they were paying supposedly $6,000 a bottle. Not sure the size of the bottle, but just huge quantities. Uh, this one guy tells a story, Greg Henderson, he was at the Tour de France and a team dropped a bottle on the side of the road and they were freaking out. And he's like, just go get another Gatorade drink, you know, go get another drink. What's the big deal? Or $5, 10 cents. And then he found out when he was on the bus that no, no, they're taking this special ketone drink. That's, you know, $6,000. And he's like, Oh, now I understand why they're freaking out yeah. about dropping the bottle. Um, so a couple of years of R and D, and then we finally had an Indiegogo launch, like a Kickstarter launch where our target was 25,000, but we sold $150,000 worth. So wow. then it took. We delivered everyone's on time, uh, at least partial orders. But then to fill all of the orders, it took another six or nine months to make it. And uh, for the following four years, it was constantly trying to scale it up. All the equipment that you need, there's multiple levels of equipment. And then every time you scale up, you've got to buy it all over again, which it can take multiple months. Um, So right now we're finally uh, flush with Esther. So we finally have enough Esther. And that's allowed me to have some breathing room to explore some new products, which we will get into like the, the hard ketones, the yeah. ketogenic alcohol that I've been yeah, wanting to do from I'm day excited. one, but couldn't, couldn't do it. So yeah, that's the, that's the quick and dirty backstory. I ran track in college. If anyone cares, <laughs> ran the half mile. <laughs> I do wish I had ketones back then. Cause Me too. <laughs> the, last, the last 150 yards, when you have that you know monk in your back and you feel like you're an extra 200 pounds, you know, that, I think it would have made a big difference there. Yeah, hell yeah. And and I've watched this space and, you know, um, interviewed quite a lot of people on on ketones and I'm still confused, you know, like it's still a, 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 a space that, you know, you, you've got a lot of marketing, you've got a lot of uh, things that you have to try to work through and it, it's quite a complex subject when it comes to the actual chemistry of it and how it works. Um, I am a big fan of the keto diet. Um my listeners know that I've had my mum on the keto diet really, really strict for the last year because we were facing cancer and for, for her with the cancer journey, uh, very, very important. And as my listeners also know, we're currently got no cancer. So, you know, pretty, pretty, um, uh, stoked about that and keto, the keto diet and ketones and hyperbaric and other things were in the mix. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of things in the mix there. Um, but I think it's very, very powerful also for people, you know, with insulin resistance. And, and metabolic dysregulation, which is probably 85% of the population nowadays, uh, we need to be understanding ketones as a fuel and then what can we do to actually help ourselves. And then there's the keto diet, which is quite hard to actually stick to, or what else can we do to actually help ourselves in that process? And that's that's what I want to dive into you with you today. Uh, and I'm and also my information might be different. My okay. information might be different. My information oh, might be different than all the other people that you've spoken to. So it's going to be yeah. hopefully not too confusing uh, because I, yeah. I, I do have a different opinion than, than, than many most. of the people that are out there. 
Yeah, no, and I and I respect that. You know, and on this podcast, I welcome people who are disruptors and can, con, you know, contradict the, the status quo because I think it's important for us, although it can be confusing sometimes, is to look at both sides and to always keep right. an open mind because yep. the, the, the knowledge and the science is moving on and maybe you've seen something that other people just haven't seen or just misunderstood or marketing's got involved or whatever okay. the case is, marketing often. Um, so can you go back to the ketone story and just explain yep. what the hell is a ketone and then what's a racemic ketone versus an ester and a, you know, ketone salts? Should we start there? Sure, sure. So um, let's first start with the word ketosis. Ketosis is, there's two definitions for the word ketosis. Uh, ketosis can be defined as uh, when you're on a multi-day fast or a ketogenic diet and your body runs out of glucose. I think of it as like a battery in your system of glucose. And once it goes to zero, whether it's done quickly in a two-day fast or very slowly over three weeks, once it goes to zero, the body goes into this emergency state saying, hey, there's no more glucose. We better make our own fuel. And then it goes to the fat reserves that you have and everyone has, and it burns fat to make ketones in your system and it delivers ketones in your system. You can use a blood meter, not a urine strip, but a blood meter to test uh, your ketone levels. And if it says 0.5 to 1.0, you are quote unquote in ketosis. Now, the confusing thing is that there's a separate definition for the word ketosis that some scientists threw into some papers without intending, you know, they don't... And, tend to cause confusion, but they use the phrase nutritional ketosis and they referring, they refer that to people consuming ketones, which we'll get into the different types. So technically when you consume ketones, um, you skip the fat burning stage and you just deliver ketones straight to your blood. And there are some benefits of that that are similar to ketogenic diet, but not all. So you'll have ketones in your blood and some companies call that ketosis because these papers called it ketosis. So then they, you know, they want to make their advertising slogan five words or less. And they say, uh, in ketosis in 30 minutes, yeah. or you're in ketosis. And technically they might be correct because it's ketones in the blood, but every 90% of the consumers that read that phrase think, Oh, I'm sitting here on the couch watching TV and I'm burning fat. Mm. There's even a YouTube video where the guy was like giving him a drink, tested his blood. He's like, dude, you're burning fat at the gym, but they're not like working out. You're burning fat right now doing nothing. And it's just yeah. like, no, 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 no. So I now try to rephrase it, reframe it as endogenous ketosis, what your body makes internally and exogenous ketosis. So, um, so that word ketosis is the number one confused thing, I think. And we're the only company that does not call it ketosis everyone else says ketosis in 30 minutes and i'm like no we even put on a on a new product this will not burn fat for you <laughs> yeah this will not burn fat like like i'm like that's, that's not, not good marketing mate frank <laughs> well it, it's the counter marketing it's it's the you know it's the truth. pushing them away will will make <laughs> yeah. them trust and then be like huh maybe this you know never seen that on a can before um so the when the body burns fat it makes one of three ketones the other two aren't really relevant acetone acetoacetate People just drop those words just so they can look fancy dropping words. But all that matters is beta hydroxybutyrate. That's the main ketone with the main energy source. So uh, there's this umbrella of exogenous ketones, where you it means you drink ketones, which can go anywhere from uh, there's a certain type of MCT coconut oil, 
yep. called C8 in particular because yep. it means that's shorter the chain. And 15% of that, when it goes through the liver, will convert to ketones, beta hydroxybutyrate in your system. So, but the problem with the C8, it's, it's less expensive. So there's some benefit there. But the problem is you have, um, if you take the tiniest amount too much, you'll have disaster pants and they call it the, the disaster pants diet because you'll just get the runs. <laughs> It'll feel like someone's stabbing you in the stomach and the it might take weeks, <laughs> weeks for you to slowly, you know, accumulate yeah. up to one tablespoon. It just has its, its drawbacks, but that's technically an exogenous ketone. Some people don't put that in the category of exogenous ketones. It's even funny when they say, Oh, I don't like exogenous ketones. I'm on a ketogenic diet. I make my own ketones. I'm like, do you drink MCT oil? Yeah, I do. Well, like, well, it's, it's exogenous ketones. It's just a precursor, isn't it? I mean, I've been ketogenic and vegan, um, for five or six years. I don't think it's a hard diet once you just decide to do it and just your kitchen's just stocked with keto things. And there's a bunch of keto junk food nowadays that makes yeah. it a lot easier. Not saying the keto junk food's good. It's, it's bad, but you know, these people that need a cheat day, there's plenty of cheats that you can stay keto and still have, you know, this junk. Um, but, so there's this umbrella concept of exogenous ketones, the MCT is in there. And then the first thing that came out is something called a ketone salt. Yeah. And beta hydroxybutyrate, also known as a ketone, is a, an acid, free acid. So beta hydroxybutyric acid. If you consume the acid by itself, the pH is too low. It'll burn a hole in your gut and it doesn't get absorbed. It's just not uh, ideal. So then uh, uh, the solution was to adding a salt. A salt really means a base sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium, any one of the four. Sometimes they say salt-free or sodium-free, and then they just rank, you know, ratchet up the potassium and magnesium. It's still super high in salt. All these tricks that the ketone salt companies do to try to differentiate, they're all tricks. Um, and the, the second, so one problem with the salt is the salt load. Just I'm all for salt. I wake up in the morning, I take some salt capsules, but when you're talking two to three grams per serving, sometimes two or three a day, just massive salt load. Um, and Dr. Veach had that solution 15 years ago and he just threw it out saying, you know, your doctor, your heart doctor would just kill me for giving you that much salt load. So he tossed that out. Um, the other problem with the, many of the ketone salts, and they're finally coming around now, five years later, is that most of them are what are called racemic, not bioavailable. Racemic means uh, only half of the molecule is... Uh, bioavailable. So a battery mm -hmm. has a plus and a negative charge. Yep. In this instance, kind of like D-ribose, the D form is active or L-tryptophan is the L form. So D or yep. L, one isn't good or bad. It's just sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. And with the ketones, it's the D form. And most of the products, if you don't see any reference to D, even if it says bioavailable, because they consider 50% bioavailable versus zero, um, it, it's going to be racemic because the D form costs maybe two, three times more for the manufacturer to, you know, to buy it. Now they mm -hmm. won't sell it necessarily for three times more because the consumers, they know they're still competing against this, you know, yeah. lower quality racemic stuff. So the, uh, oftentimes the price is actually a better bang for your buck than the non-racemic because it's not twice as expensive. And the, the, so most of the products are racemic. If you're not sure, then it's racemic because, you know, the D form costs a lot more. They would put it, they would advertise it everywhere on the bottle. There's only a couple of companies doing the D form now, uh, but still the salt load is just still too high and uh, excess salt sodium inhibits 
the ketone delivery as well. Oh. So Dr. Veach's invention was taking D-beta-hydroxybutyrate, uh, and instead of adding a base to it to bring the pH up, he added a molecule called R13-butanediol. Uh, to make things really confusing, R yeah. is the same thing as D. It's just like the English and American metric system. The D is the good one in this instance, but also the R. Yep. So R13-butanediol is a molecule that you consume, and it goes through the liver, and 80% of it converts to uh, beta-hydroxybutyrate, you know, the, the D form. Yeah. It stays in the, in the, the D form. So kind of like that C8 MCT oil that 15% of it, turns into ketones and a lot of fat, like just massive calories of fat to get squeak out a little bit of ketones. The R13-butanediol goes to the liver, makes ketones. So when you consume the ketone ester, it actually enters into the bloodstream as a ketone ester, which initially they thought it was more in the gut, but then they proved that it actually gets into the bloodstream. And many drug companies use esters in order to penetrate the blood-brain barrier as opposed to the two molecules wow. by itself. How powerful is that? It enters the blood-brain barrier, enters the blood, splits apart with the enzymes there. And then it's a fast release of beta-hydroxybutyrate and then a slow release of the R13-butanediol going through the liver and being processed slowly. Can I, t- can I stop you there? So that, so they, um, because this is one of the negatives that I've heard on the, you know, the ester versus racemic debate is that sometimes the esters can give you a big bolus of, of ketones. Um, and that could be negative because, you know, we're getting a ton of energy all at once, but then a big drop off. So that's right. not the case. It's sort of, it, it, it's a sustained release. No, it just, the, the ketone salts are so weak. That it's just flat. It's okay, just, you, yeah. you barely you barely see a, a movement. So the ketone ester is a choose choose your own adventure. You want less ketone ester, you're just not going to have a peak. But yes, the ketone ester you could take the ten times more of the ketones, or actually twenty times more than the ketone salts, and yeah, you'll you'll get a peak. But what people misunderstand is they think that once the peak goes away, it stops working. That's uh-huh. the huge misconception. Even. Uh, a lady that was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast said that you know she takes the ketone ester, but it peaks and then she she crashes. First of all, she's taking three to four times too much. So one problem is just Thanks, just super. taking way too much. But <laughs> yeah. the we we can only test whether the ketones are in the in the bloodstream, mm. but they don't do anything in the bloodstream. Mm. That's the misunderstanding. It just happens to be that's where we can take a snapshot. We can't slice open your brain easily and see if there's ketones in there. They did do a study where they. They did see that the ketones um, peaked in the blood at, at uh, 45 minutes, but then in the brain, it actually kept on going for another 90 minutes, super wow. high. And they stopped They stopped the brain scan. I was like, well, that's what matters is where it's going. So yeah, it leaves the bloodstream quickly. Yeah, but that's when it starts to work, not when it's done working. It leaves the bloodstream, goes to the muscles, goes to the heart, goes to the, the brain, and that's when it starts to work. Can I just stop you there again? Because, um, um, you know, I'm always interested in how do we get more fuel to the brain in people who are brain injured, Alzheimer's. I work with a lot of stroke patients, dementia patients, cancer patients, um, and we've always got massive problems trying to get glucose because the, the ability to uptake glucose is impaired yeah, um, <clears throat> when you have a you know brain injury, for example. Um, and ketones are what we want. So I've been saying to people, we'll do the keto diet, take exogenous ketones, and, but with the esters, we can get a much higher, you know, rate through to the actual brain. And they've actually tested that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's um, a, cool. that, uh, humans, they tested, they compared a regular standard diet, the brain, and then they compared ketogenic brain 
Mm-hmm. And then they compared American diet with ketone esters. And the ketogenic diet and the ketone ester with regular diet were equally improved Hell. over the regular diet. And the, the bottom line was like glucose, I think what the word was, glucose destabilizes the neural network, which we all know. Yeah. But what I said to the researchers is, you guys missed the holy grail, which was lower sugar, not keto, but a lower sugar diet and ketones. Because you just said that glucose was the problem. Yeah. But then one of the studies had a bunch of glucose and ketones on top of it. So if you remove that high glycemic ketone, uh, high glycemic glucose, and you had the ketones, you would have seen, Which I is, think, another leap. If, you know, if you're working with people in the hospital system or the or or elderly people who are not going to necessarily listen to the science of it and do a keto diet, and and other people who who just can't discipline, you know, whatever. So, so you're saying that there would be a benefit, at least from the brain point of view, uh, for people to be on a, even if they're on a normal diet, a standard American diet, sad diet, um, to have ketones in the mix. Cause this has been, you know, part of my thing, cause I can't get some people yeah. to do anything different on their diet. It's just one of those areas that, you know, emotional eating and all of that sort of crap. Right. Would it be a benefit to them? Right. So I like to answer that question very carefully. Yeah. Uh, and the answer is yes, but I am five times more a proponent of half the equation is lowering the sugar yeah. and other, the other half of the equation is raising the ketones. Yeah. If I had to pick one, it's lowering the sugar. Yeah. It's like lowering the sugar, lowering the sugar. But what if they have orange juice? Can they take your drink at the same time? I'm like, yeah, but save yourself a lot of money and don't eat orange juice. Yeah. So I have a list of what I call the five, you know, deadly things to uh, avoid. If you're, not going, not have them go full keto. Full keto is just too hard for many people. Not everyone. If you're motivated, great, do it. But just having them drop out, number one, fruit. Number two, rice, bread, pasta, and number five, fruit. And I like to say fi- fruit twice because everyone wants to do everything else except fruit. Yep. And this one lady called me. She's like, oh, I have this brain fog and she wanted to take ketones. And I said, well, what's your routine? Oh, in the morning, every morning I have grapefruit. I'm like, grapefruit? Your body overnight just started to make ketones, maybe 0.2, 0.3 in your blood because of 10 hours of not eating. The moment that that drop of grapefruit hit your tongue, you shut down the ketogenic system and you stopped all ketones delivery. And I said, before buying my drink, try stopping grapefruit, try skipping breakfast. And she's like, oh, well, you know, how long do I have to do this? When can I eat grapefruit again? I said, when you're ready to have brain fog again. Wow. Like literally, you want to have brain fog, go Eating back to your grapefruit. grapefruit. Wow. So, yeah. Cause, so, you know, so what I'm, what I'm suggesting yeah. is a more modified low glycemic diet. Yeah. Uh, even lower than a diabetic diet because diabetic diets still allow some fruit, yeah. not going full keto because full keto nine times out of 10, if you don't have a full nutritionist on board, you're going to do it wrong. You're not going to get the right salt intake. After one week, you're going to say, Oh, my body type doesn't respond to it because I mailed my blood to some company and they said, you know, carbs are good for me. They said sugar and Oreos are good for me. Yeah. No, no, you just did it wrong. (laughs) So if you have supervision, great, do the full ketogenic diet. But if you don't uh, just try lowering your, not sugar, lowering your carbohydrates because keto people say lower your sugar and we mean carbohydrates. Carbohydrates. But in the, in the regular world, they hear the word sugar and they think white powder. They say, Oh, I'm not going to put any more white powder in my, my in my coffee. coffee. I'm just going to have this fruit <laughs> pasta. And you know, they don't equate the two. So lower the sugar and then add the ketones and you'll have uh, much more benefit. Will it still work without? 
then you have to be, uh, we found that the ester works best on an empty stomach. All the mice trials initially were taken with food. So they were, when we first came out, you were allowed to take up to three bottles of this ketonester, like $100 a day worth, because the mice data was with food. We found on an empty stomach, it kind of multiplies the benefit. So if you're still taking regular sugar and won't stop that, if you can at least find a three-hour gap, four-hour gap between breakfast and lunch, where you you know aren't aren't drinking juice and can take the ketonester, empty stomach with some time afterward, then yeah you'll you can you can get some benefit out of it and you, hopefully you, that benefit will encourage you to stop eating you'll you'll see the money that you're spending on the drink and be like yeah oh wow this is real hmm yeah. he said if I don't drink that morning orange juice I can cut my amount in half I can save five dollars yeah you know, yeah and, make and it a lot easier benefit. Do you know, I mean, one of the debates that I've had in my brain is um, my mum has to have quite a few supplements in the mix, um, natural health supplements as well as the medications, unfortunately. Um, and is that, you know, like should she be having the esters if she has the esters uh, an hour before she even has her pills? Because the pills have got stuff in them, unfortunately. They're not just, right. you know, that's well, going to probably be a benefit that- to have an hour gap at least. Oh, I've lost. Yeah, the so the, oh, yeah. Ketone, <laughs> the, the ketone ester can uh, increase delivery of some supplements. For example, uh, caffeine. Caffeine. Right. Some people say, "Oh, I don't feel caffeine," and they drink caffeine at three or four p.m. They took a little bit of ketone ester, and they're like, "Oh, wow, this ester is amazing." I'm like, "Wait, what's in your tea?" Oh, caffeine. <laughs> Why are you drinking caffeine at four? Oh, I don't feel it. No, no. You thought you didn't. You thought it didn't. You know, get into your system, but the ketones just delivered it. So. An increase of two, three X. That's why the racemic salts, all, most of them are sold with, uh, excess caffeine. And they say, Oh, only 90 milligrams. Yeah, but it feels like 150. Right. So what you're feeling is the caffeine, not the ketones. So if so you're going to try ketone salt, might be able do the save caffeine money free on supplements as well. We have a right. so, so with the supplements, <laughs> you just have to be aware if there's certain yeah. supplements that might make you jittery if you have twice as much and then suddenly you're jittery at the ketones. That's not the ketones. Um, but still, most people take the ketone ester first thing in the morning. Um, regular supplements like fish oils and things like that. I don't, you know, see any issues with that, but there, you know, there can be certain medications or like AD, ADD medicine, stuff like that, that it, you know, might multiply in a bad way, not in a, you know, you get a free cup of coffee. Coffee, coffee is a stimulant. What goes up comes down. So if you yeah. have twice as much of it, it's going to go up twice as much. So, so I have people aware. slowly wean down their caffeine and. You know, I'm anti-caffeine. Eventually, get rid of caffeine. You know, and you can use ketones to help do that. Wow, wow! Just interrupting the program briefly to let you know that we have a new patron program for the podcast. Now, if you enjoy pushing the limits, if you get great value out of it, we would love you to come and join our patron membership program. We've been doing this now for five and a half years, and we need your help to keep it on air. It's been a public service, free for everybody, and we want to keep it that way. But to do that, we need like-minded souls who are on this mission with us to help us out. So if you're interested in becoming a patron for Pushing the Limits podcast, then check out everything on patron.lisatarmity.com. That's P-A-T-R-O-N dot lisatarmity.com. We have two patron levels to choose from. You can do it for as little as $7 a month New Zealand or $15 a month if you really want to 
support us. So we we are grateful if you do. There are so many membership benefits you're going to get if you join us. Everything from workbooks for all the podcasts, the strength guide for runners, uh, the power to vote on future episodes, uh, webinars that we're going to be holding, all of my documentaries and much, much more. So check out all the details, patron.lisatamati.com and thanks very much for joining us. Um, is there, is there any been any studies on where was I going? Uh, no, I've dropped my dropped my. Well, you, can uh, t- you mentioned trainer. traumatic brain injury. I can go yeah. into that with mice. Mm. Um, with mice, they uh, traumatic brain injury is uh, impairment of glucose uptake, which Absolutely. is you know so similar to so many other problems, but just acute and instant. Yeah. And ketones are it just bypasses that that blockage and just goes and fuels the brain. And I was doing an interview with Dr. Veach and I asked him about, you know, some of these mice studies. Uh, I'm vegan. So I'm, you know, it makes my family sad that the mice were, were injured, but they were injured. Yeah. And then they were put on it either initially it was a ketogenic diet. And then years later they recreated it with the ester and the ketogenic mice went back to baseline. And I was like, no, no, no. They just had a TBI and they were walking the maze in two minutes and, wow. and now they can't walk the maze at all. So there's no time you know, limit on it. They just can't walk the maze. They're on a ketogenic diet. They went back to two minutes. And I said, no, they must've been like 10% slower, 20% slower when they were at their peak. He's like, no, like what part of a hundred percent do you not understand? Like (laughs) the brain was just properly fueled. It does not mean the brain is healed. There's a, there's a disconnect there where an NFL football player might have a TBI, drink ketones past their TBI test and think that they're healed. No, no, no. It's a, just a temporary fuel source that, you know, brings now, does it do anything to the underlining? Uh, I don't know. We hope, you know, that, that, yeah. it, that it helps, you know, the healing. We don't know, but do. just the yeah. immediate fuel source of bringing it right to your brain. And, and it feels, and fuel source is the problem, <clears throat> even yeah. with um, dementias and Alzheimer's and, and, and various other um, brain related neurodegeneration or after chemo or, uh, you know, getting the fuel to the neurons is the problem. Yeah. You, you and, can't and, get through. And, and so it's, if we it's can amazing get a that I talk to these, you know, doctors, NFL doctors, and I say, you guys have a protocol and they vent of a TBI. What is your food protocol? What do you give them? Yeah. And their answer Nothing. is there's no protocol. And I'm just like, just read a few papers here and see at least at the bare minimum, don't give them a sugary sports drink. Yeah. That's the first thing they do. They walk up and they give them a sugary sports drink, which what happens is the excess sugar goes to the brain, can't be utilized, and it creates heat. And that heat actually makes it worse. Yeah. So if you don't have ketones, fine. Just drink water, fast for a couple of days, fast, straight, yep. directly after our TBI. Make sure you get your salt intake. Some but supplements um, there that can help or, too. Hyperbaric. Just, <laughs> don't do don't do sugar. Um, just and then, yeah. then you go to the hospital and someone's just had a stroke, and they did this with my mum with an aneurysm, and they put a tube in her neck and they feed her and that ensure stuff that crap that they right. market oh, as being. Yeah. And I was like, you just <laughs> now I know I didn't know back then, right? Just putting yep. straight shit into you that's going to make more brain damage. And when I go to the oncologist and I, you know, see the other people having the chemo and stuff, and they are giving them orange juice and cookies with their chemo, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, what the frick? Have yeah, you guys? Yeah, just, you, have you not read the papers? Yeah, you know? it'll take twenty years. It'll take twenty years for them 20 to figure years. that out. Yeah. And it's just uh, a shame. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame in the meantime that uh, that they're doing that, but they are doing. Uh, 
our third clinical trial now on using our ketonester for like heart attack and heart um, cardiac arrest. So that, you know, the immediate feel that they're giving the heart prefers ketones. And they found one paper uh, where they didn't even know about ketone esters. They found that during a heart attack, the body soaks up all ketones all the way down to the toes. I don't know how they know that they took it from the toes, but it sucked up all the ketones in the body and, you know, delivered it to the heart. Well, now the idea is, well, why don't we just give them some ketones? Um, is and it brain the, and heart? They just need massive amounts of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And th- the funny thing with, uh, you have this keto world and the non-keto world, and both of them have an equal excuse for not using ketone esters or ketones. The the keto world says, well, I already make my own ketones, so I don't need to drink them. And it's just like, okay, I respect that. If your baseline is high enough, you know, I my baseline is sometimes so high that I won't take it at night because there's a whole sleep protocol. If I take just even the tiniest amount, it, it's just too much. So yeah, if your baseline is too high, but if you're going to be going on a workout, you're you know, a glucose-based athlete who makes glucose will take and add glucose to their workout to go work out when you're fasted sure but you have no fuel source and yeah your body will make some but just not enough Mm. so adding an exogenous ketone is just compatible with your fuel source for the workout and so just like a glucose-based person taking sugar is a keto-based person taking a fuel that's compatible with their system ketones and then the non-keto people say oh but i'm not keto so i can't use exogenous ketones it's like Mm. No, no, you can still use it too. You can have either what's called the dual fuel where you have glucose and ketones, which is really hard to figure out the protocol on, or you can come over to this world of fasted workouts and not having glucose, not having the inflammation, not having the soreness the next day. And you can kind of play with this hybrid of, hey, I don't want to go full keto. I still want to have my pasta nights, but maybe I want to be exponentially less sore day after day, you know, working out. And being able to do more workouts or being sharper at your work and more recovered at your work if you do like a morning workout and bringing your brain back. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I'm on board with all of that. <laughs> I think it's very, very, very powerful. And so if we now look at, um, I had a question for you about the microbiome and I don't know whether you know, but, um, the, you know, butyrate is something that we produce in our gut microbiome or if we've got the good bacteria and, and the butyrate is very, very healing for well, it's very good for the mitochondria. It's, it's beta-hydroxybutyrate. Is that the same thing? Is no, it it's slightly not the same different? thing. It's it, not the same because it, butyrate... It's a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. It's a little bit different, butyric acid. And I actually uh, take a supplement to add butyric acid to my, to my repertoire. So, so it does it does work very well with the ketone ester. And Dr. William Seeds is a big proponent yep. of ketone ester. He's Dr. written a couple of papers. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big proponent, proponent of supplementing with... Uh, butyric acid. So, yeah. so uh, tri- I take two butyrin, capsules. So this is different than the than the than the ketone ester, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tributyrin. I just learned about this is a new type of delivery of the mm. butyric acid, and I haven't fully explored that yet. So you yep. can maybe tell me. But yeah, I'm just taking I've the regular. I think it's called Body Bio uh, butyric acid. A couple of pills of that, mm-hmm. um, and then I started to learn more about how to actually get that into your diet to try to get it natural, you know, higher fiber so that it ferments and makes its own butyric acid, there are benefits there. But so it works well together. It's a very similar molecule if you draw it out, right. but it doesn't have the ATP, doesn't have the energy component 
right uh, to the kids. Yeah, I mean, I've just been in, in trying to understand that whole butyrate. I've just had a microbiome testing done, and uh, it's come back for mum with with very low butyrate, and you know because we've had medications and things in the mix and antibiotics, yep. unfortunately, that have been anti-cancer but they've, they've destroyed the microbiome uh, and we've got butyrate problems we haven't got enough so I, I was wondering whether the beta hydroxybutyrate is the same thing or I've, I'm using tributyrin with her but we're still not get, touching the sides um, apparently there is a rectal tributyrin that uh, Dr Elizabeth Hughes talks about as being stinky and horrible but it's actually really powerful because it goes directly to the colonocytes and does what it needs to do okay. Um, so yeah, I can keep you up on that when, when it, but, but uh, the tributyrin form, which is just a patent delivery, gets through the digestive tract and actually delivers the, the, the butyrate basically to the, to the colonocytes a little bit lower down without being digested. And what's the downside for taking more? Is there just an upper limit? I don't think so. I, I think, you know, like, um, uh, well, cost, you know, it's quite expensive, oh. is, is, is prohibitive. Um, the rectal, um, I haven't managed to, to find out where to get the rectal suppositories. Apparently that's really powerful for people with IBS and Crohn's disease or, you know, all of that type of thing where we've really got to deliver a big amount. But it depends on the bacteria. From what I understand, I'm not an expert in this area, but uh, working with a microbiome expert, it depends on the bacteria that you have in the gut. So it's about repopulating the right uh, bacteria as well as delivering the butyrate to the to that microbiome. If you just delivering it, but but you got the wrong microbiome, then you could be feeding the wrong stuff too. Um, from my basic knowledge of that, but um, yeah. It's, it's the, the gut health thing <clears throat> is huge because, you know, I, I'm um, working with a celiac patient and, you know, the amount of LPS, it's the toxic load that's being delivered to, into the bloodstream every day is just, you know, so detrimental and causes so much pain and suffering. Um, so any any which way to heal up the gut. <laughs> is, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not, that's not where my expertise is. And I know there's a lot of opportunity in the gut and I don't, I haven't taken a deep dive in the yeah, prebiotics, post, postbiotics, and and how to also just get it naturally through food, certain yeah. fibers to, to to create your own. Um, now let's bring, let's just jump into your other product that I'm super excited about because right. I can see the potential. Well, let, for let's this. let's summarize if you, okay. if you don't mind if we could summarize real quickly what we have. Yep. Um, for that first product, um, Frank's just gone off to grab something. I have to grab my stuff. Um, so, so the KE4 is our yep. main product. That is, tastes horrible. I mean, it tastes like a shot of tequila. And if someone says that they like tequila, I say, how about tequila and apple cider vinegar? You know, just, just tastes really, really rough. People get used to it. Some people say, oh, I actually like it. But if they're expecting orange juice, they'll be really uh, awakened. But the drink was so powerful that the cap ended up being the measuring tool by accident. So wow. now the cap is one serving. So you have 12 servings in a bottle uh -huh. and people will dilute it a little bit with water. So like one or two parts water, but the goal is to still take it down in one chug. Cause if you put it in a big glass of water, it just makes it taste all nasty. You can put it in coffee. That, that works. Uh, and then we have KE1, which is six times more water. Um, very dilutable. Uh, it has a lot more salt in it. It's not a full ketone salt, but it has maybe. 80, 90% less salt than a ketone salt. And that one tastes really good. It tastes fine straight up, but if you added it to a 12 ounce 
glass of water to slow release it, it'll taste yummy. It tastes like a peach, you know, and there's no sugar, no carbs. So that one is all about taste. If you don't care about taste, you get the KE4. Right, that's no the better one and of then, the more powerful one of the yeah. two. Gotcha. And then we have the snake water, mm-hmm. which is a fun drink where I wanted to add like all these adjunct and all these other supplements. And I said, well, why don't I just put them all into one drink? And we also added a slow carbohydrate because too much ketones can make your blood sugar drop too much. So that's mostly sport oriented. That's kind of like the pre-workout. We don't do caffeine, but there's other nootropics in there that act similar. And then I don't have a can near me, but we just came out with uh, the ketone water. water. Yeah, I saw that. It's a 12 ounce can. Tastes like sparkling water, barely sweetened, and it delivers three grams, about the same, a little bit more than one cap full of this. And it tastes refreshing. You drink it slowly, three or four of them a day, and you get your slow release that way. Instead of a a sparkling water, you have something with with ketones in it. So that's the the ketone ester uh, lineup. Separately, do you have any questions about any of those? Um, yeah, so so it, it, for therapeutic uses, the K the K four be the better option for the, the sort of more pure. Uh, unless you ha- unless you have an elderly person and taste is going to be a problem, so then yeah. you, you just go straight to KU one. And some medical, some wellness centers only stock the KU one and say, hey, you know, we give this to people, and they're telling us no. Other places only stock KU four, and they say, hey, that's where the science is. Yeah, that's where you know we're going to stick with the stronger one because. The KU1 is currently a mix of like ketone ester, ketone salt, ketone free acid. Um, but we're moving away from that. We're going to try to move it all to just the ketone ester because it is stronger on a per gram yeah. basis. Yeah. Um, be, so I'll all about taste cool. is the KU1 and the snake water. You wouldn't use a, that for therapeutic. That's more working out. And maybe you might have some mental benefit, but I'm not sure how the slow carbs would be taken to you know certain people and you um have uh, partnered with um quick step alpha vinyl in the tour de france team are you allowed to talk about that yeah <laughs> we, yeah we uh we weren't able to talk about it for four years but our our slogan was we don't sponsor athletes we get athletes sponsored so we were the secret weapon that got people <laughs> from 10th place in the nation to like you know one and two in the nation and then they'd wow. sign up for red bull that was our motto and then we you know we thought about signing a small team and you know growing higher. We just went straight to the top because uh, uh, half of the Peloton teams were using it, and then individual riders. You know, eighty percent of the uh, teams had one or two riders at least that were customers. And we went to this team that had been using it for three or four years, and they they said, "Hey, it's not a secret anymore. Everyone else in the Peloton's using it." So by announcing it, you're not losing any advantage. You're just allowing consumers to you know play along. So yeah, we we went straight to the number wow. one ranked team. Uh, and they're pretty they're mile. doing pretty bloody well. And they're doing really <laughs> I'm, well I'm on the Vuelta. Big fan of cyclists. I, yeah, watching yeah, and, all of that. And they just so, posted on, on their Instagram their their recovery routine. They, they mainly take it as a recovery drink. Yep. Um and immediately before bed. It's a lot harder to take it during the workout. And there's we can get into that later if you want, but if you take too much of it, blood sugar drops too much. And um, yeah, so these guys aren't keto, are they? Are they or some of them keto, um, or are they taking um, it as a dual fuel sort of system? They're they're not keto, but they are fat adapted, which is this weird hybrid of yeah. If you're you can have a whole bunch of sugar and ride five hours a day and and tap into your fat store, so they do a little bit of that. 
Um, but yeah, they're, they're not keto. Uh, there are a couple, two or three riders that are supposedly low carb yeah. in the, in the Peloton. And I think that they would have exponential benefits Advantage. with exogenous ketones. But one of them is yeah. like, Oh, I make my own. I don't need to drink them. I'm like, you just, uh, you're, you're, you're not understanding it. Take a moment, take a, take a week to, to dial this in because that person is the best candidate for this. And I'm like, yeah. no, you, you, you know, I know <laughs> you're you fully paid so adapted. Take this as there's well. so much BS out there. And I understand the hesitancy, but you are the leading candidate. You could, you could win this thing. Wow. I think you could win it if he, if he, uh, he, cause he's, he's running without a fuel, like yeah. with no fuel. So yeah, he's running a lot of fat. They don't have a lot of fat those guys. <laughs> oh yeah. But they, they find it. Your, your body just finds it. Uh, yeah. We did have one guy who listened to some of my protocols, which are unorthodox and different than the clinical trials. He did a, it was a, a Tour de France type rider and they do these training camps up at high altitude seven days. And he didn't eat breakfast and didn't eat any food or carbs on any of his two to five hour rides per day and just took a small amount of ketone ester the entire time. Didn't feel hungry. Oh. Didn't think about food. Didn't feel low in fuel. And at the end, he's like, at the end of the day, he's like, Hey, I'm still not hungry. Should I eat dinner? I'm like, I, I don't know. We don't have clinical trials to prove this, but I think so because you are going to melt away. <laughs> so yeah. he just would eat whatever three, 4,000 calories at dinner. And the next day, not sore because that's one of the benefits of the ketones wow. is doesn't create you know the inflammation of glucose wow. and he was able to just crank it out and he went seven seven days only in eating dinner intermittent fasting where they've always told you oh you have to have breakfast you have to carb oh, load yeah, you have yeah. to you have to eat uh 200 grams per hour um yeah. but i I'm, I'm, i don't try and change what you know the 50 years of research and i don't try and change that so most riders had, will just um, add ketones to their glucose routine, but I, the couple of them that are willing to take a chance, it's like yeah, there might level. be, you know, something they over there. Might be winning next, next year. I mean, I had Professor Tim Noakes on the show, who, um, oh yeah, in my world was uh, my my guru. You know, as when I was an ultra marathon runner doing things, and and he used to be all about the carb loading and stuff, and then he's done a complete one eighty as he's realised he got diabetes, and he was like, "What the hell? I'm training." You know, he was an athlete himself, and. Uh, he was getting fatter and diabetic on, on his, you know, the carb diet, did a 180 and then did the research did, and then yeah. did 180 and he got absolutely hammered and persecuted and taken to court and every, all yeah, his funding all taken of that, off yeah. because all of a sudden he wasn't promoting the bloody cereals of the world and the, you know, and he was saying, you know, keto diets where it's at and low carbs where it's at. Um, and yeah, it was interesting to hear his whole horrific story of the sort of ac academic bullying that went on. And it really opens your eyes to some of the shit that goes on in these, um, uh, ivory towers that we think are uh, beyond repute and, uh, you know, or any, you know, um, thing and it, it was quite it was quite an eye opener. You should have listened to that episode. But he's done a hundred one eighty, and now he's you know keto. Um, it'd be interesting to get his whole uh, him looking into the whole Easter side of things. And I've because I've always wondered, you know, like I've had uh, Jeffrey Wu, Wu on the show. Um, I've had other various keto experts, and you know, I think we all agree that keto keto diets very powerful and ketones are very powerful. But we all have this nuance of information, and this is what I, I find yeah. super valuable from your um, your information. And I want to test this out myself. You know, I want to try the the KE four and then go 
you know, running. Unfortunately, I'm not doing the super, super long stuff anymore, but um, just see as an aging athlete, as, you know, someone who's like 54 and, you know, smashed the crap out of their body for 25 years, um, whether I can get much more resilient by by putting the ketones in the mix now, if that if if I could do that, that would be quite. Um, yeah, you have to have a you have to have a good baseline. You have to have a run that you normally have a Strava data for yeah. a typical run that you're trying to recreate. Because otherwise, oh, I will know. I will know. If you just take the drink and just go out for two miles, like or two hours, it doesn't. You're not going to necessarily know what you would have been otherwise. Probably. Yeah, um, I think I'm pretty. It's tricky to take. To I actually had a call with a Miami coach today that. He heard about ketones five times before he was like, finally, I'll take it, try it out. He didn't want to follow the protocol. He wanted to leave in one element, which was, I, I said, skip breakfast. He's like, no, I have to have breakfast. And his two first two runs with the ester were horrible. He's like, my wife had to come pick me up. And I said, that's great because when the ester works, it really works. But when it doesn't work, it backfires and goes the other way. At least you know something was happening. That'd be better than taking the esters and just having a regular run. So the first two workouts were horrible. And I was like, oh, okay, this call is not going very good. And said, but the third time I skipped breakfast and I added this and I did this closer to your protocol. And, you know, oh my God, I had like, I don't know if it was a PR you know, and it was a workout, yeah. but he's like, the, the next two workouts were just incredible. I said, yeah, it takes a lot of finessing. And we don't know what's going on. We don't know whether it's triggering fat burning, like you get the right ratio and, and you're triggering your own endogenous fat burning because the amount of ketones that you take you know, 15, 25 calories should burn up in 30, you know, 10, 15 minutes. minutes. So, you know, where's it going? So there's many theories. One theory is that the glucose in the food is actually more harmful. And when you're removing that, you're actually getting one level of benefit by having, you know, the ketones. And then the ketones may in a sports setting, not sitting down watching TV, it might trigger some endogenous production in a sports setting. And that's what would make sense. How is this person able to go? one, two, three, five miles with a tiny amount of ketones if it triggered fat burning. and But if you get the equation wrong and you don't trigger the fat burning, you just run out of glycogen in an hour and a half and you and you bonk. So yeah. it can be very uh, touchy. So have you got protocols on your website that yeah. we can download? Yeah, on the bottle. It's, it's ketonaid.com slash protocol. And we have Excellent. a 90-minute interview with Dr. Dog. He's one of the Tour de France coaches, not with Quick Step, but with other teams and he mm-hmm. talks about how he would when he shows someone how to use the ketone ester the first thing he does is gives them too much gives them a continuous glucose monitor let them see firsthand the blood glucose drop and say wow. hey don't take too much and that's <laughs> the, the, many of the athletes professionals stopped taking it during the ride because they felt blocked on their upper top speed yep. and they just felt the blood sugar drop and it was just pretty simple you guys are just taking too much and yeah. they didn't need to go from like too much to zero so Dr. Dog talks about that. And then we have some general protocols, things to try out. But if you normally pound 300 calories of glucose before a workout, and now you're going to stop that and pound you know, 14 calories of ketones and you'd be like, oh, it didn't work. Well, it's just not apples. Yeah, apples you've got to, you got to look at other, other factors. And tweak it for you. You know, that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's the key. But you know, this is what the biohacking world is about, isn't it? Like end of one and just... T- testing the stuff out i love doing that and if you can yeah. find something that gives you an edge and gives you some energy to actually go and work out you know when you're in your 50s and you, you start you know m- like most people i'm not too bad a lot of people are like huh? you know well <laughs> a lot of people are like me. that at two or three o'clock they you know they get the crash from lunch yeah and, you know they get that and i say well why are you eating lunch 
Oh, socially acceptable. Okay. Well, that means you're okay with falling asleep at two to three. How about not eating lunch? And, you know, using ketone esters can help people skip meals as well. That's one of yeah. the other benefits, taking a small amount to help you skip breakfast, skip lunch. And if you can lower that, titrate that down to not skip, not need the ketone ester and, and you're already, your body got used to skipping breakfast and lunch, then you don't really need the ester. There might be extra bonuses for extra mental stuff, but you know, for the appetite suppression, you know, this one person took it and said, Oh, I didn't feel anything. I skipped breakfast. Well, do you normally skip breakfast? Yeah. And the, you took the ketone ester before you would normally take breakfast. Yeah. But if you don't have a problem with skipping breakfast, the ketone ester isn't going to make you more skip breakfast. Like, so go after your lunch. Yeah. Go after your lunch. Go after your, well, they were taking a tiny, they were taking a tiny amount so small that it, it probably wouldn't even kick in on yeah. the brain benefit. So, you know, they weren't noticing anything. I said, well, do you eat lunch? Yeah. Would you rather skip lunch? Yeah. Okay. Then move your, that dose that you took at seven, eight, nine a.m., move it to 11, 12 p.m., skip lunch. And then, you know, suddenly your second half of the workday is, is productive. Full of energy. Yeah. And, and, and we all know the benefits of intermittent fasting and, and longer fasting. And so if we can find something that helps stop us getting, you know, so hungry, we're going to eat the back of a back end of a horse. Um, yeah, some people say, "Oh, but it's it's breaking a fast because it's calories." Well, oh, nah, nah, get into that debate. But people use it also for multi-day fast. But if your ketones are already really high, one guy said, "You know, sometimes I find someone who I truly can't help." Uh, and that's when one guy said, "My ketones are normally at four millimolar," wow. and I'm like, "The ketone is not going to do anything for you." Now, maybe if he as that four millimolar before a four hour race run. Okay. Then because, you know, your endogenous is going to be eaten up pretty quickly. Then you can augment it. But I was like, if you're at your office and you're at three or four millimolar as your baseline, taking exogenous ketones, jumping you to five probably won't do anything. Maybe. But, but for most won't. people, like a lot of, Absolutely. especially like with elderly or people that are older, it's really tough when they're on medications right. and things is to get them into ketosis, no matter how hard you're doing it with the diet, right? And there it can be really, or if they're on steroids or anything steroids. that you can't get them off. And steroids is a big thing. And oh. I, I do wonder, you know, can you go back to your doctor and ask them, do I really need the steroids? Can I cut yeah. back on the steroids? Because steroids drives up blood sugar, yeah. kicks you out of ketosis. And then it's yep. like, you know, is that, is that really better? I'm not a doctor, that. not a scientist. So you know, I can't answer that for each individual instance. But if there's a way to push back and be like, hey, can I try a little bit of time without the steroid and see what yeah, happens. or you bring it in to help you get into ketosis despite, you know, I'm working with people with brain cancers and stuff. I don't know if it'll do that. I don't know if it'll do <laughs> that. That's the whole endogenous, exogenous yeah. ketosis because you have high ketones, but you still have the high gluco- glucose yeah. from the, well, maybe it'll bring down your glucose some. It will do that. But um, I mean, that's the problem with endogenous ketosis is you can eat a cake, have high blood glucose, and then, you know, eat ketones. It doesn't bring it down to where it was. Might bring it down a little bit, but you, you have both fuels in the system, but this, the damage from the sugar is still there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and is the there a way to causing reduce damage. the steroids? You know, yeah, which there isn't sometimes, you know, like right, um, right, yeah. when you've got yeah. brain tumors or whatever and the swelling is going to kill you, there's no option, but, but, but in the, a lot but, of autoimmune. Yeah. But the ketones help massively with that swelling. So, ah. you know, so the, the steroids is helping the swelling, but it's also driving up blood sugar, which creates what? Swelling. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's where I, I love the researchers to, to really 
examine and dig deep into, is there a better solution than steroids? Because it might be three steps forward, one step back. You know, is there a way to, you know, not create that inflammation? Yeah. And I think they use them way too often for, for things and for too long, you know, and they cause people don't quite understand how much damage it's doing to their bodies. And, you know, there are, there are times when you need it. I mean, I had mum on it when before she had the tumor removed i mean we didn't have an option you know like it was that or her brain was gonna you know the skull's only a certain size and the brain was going yeah acute situations like that where you need it okay but i got it off her as fast as i could (laughs) and got it back into ketosis as fast as i could but it's been a battle with her with the with the stuff to actually get above one 1.5 millimoles you know we just can't sort of get up high that's really high. I think people have this, you know, this, this stretch for this three to five millimolars. And I even get calls from people who say, Oh, my doctor said for me to be a three millimolar. And I used to be there for the first two years and I swear I'm eating the same thing, uh, but my ketones, I can't get my ketones up. And, and, and they want to buy the ester to like bring it up. And I'm like, I think you're doing okay. Cause what happens is the longer you're on keto, the more you increase your MCT transporters. So not uh-huh. MCT oil, but your, I yep. don't even remember what the MCT. Yeah, I know the ones you mean. It increases transporter, so it's taking it. It's taking it out of your blood faster. So low and, ketone numbers cells. sometimes can be mm-hmm. an indication of increased utilization. Mm-hmm. People that are like starving of ketones. I've had some per- person call me, say, "Hey, you know, your ketones didn't do anything." And the, uh, I tested my blood ketones. I tested at the right time. My ketones didn't go up. I said, "Okay, did you feel anything?" It's like, "Well, yeah, my brain fog went away." This and that. I'm like, "Okay, if you had told me." Your blood ketones had not gone up at all, and you felt nothing. I'll just give you your money back. I hope maybe you don't have an enzyme that breaks it up. I don't know. But he couldn't see the ketone numbers, but he felt it in the brain. So then it just led me to believe that he might be this anomaly that's really sucking up and utilizing the stuff Fast. at a different rate than the typical clinical trials that show, you know, 45 minute peak. So I, I, I don't know. I think if you're on keto for a long time, it, I don't think you can get above one, 1. 1.5. And I'm not sure that it matters to go to three millimolar or even That's if there's even more benefit. Yeah. High. And and this is the, the sort of nuance why we, why we need more research and why we need more studies, but that would make sense to me. Like if you're, cause it, like this is the other argument um, for endogenous ketones in my brain, I've been like, well then your body's going to get used to seeing a ketone. Cause most people have never seen a ketone because they've always been carb overloaded and overfed. Uh and so having ketones in the body, does it help the body actually release, you know, its own fat stores and make more ketones? You know, that would be but interesting. Yeah. So that, that definitely is a question. Does drinking exogenous ketones stop endogenous production? And um, they have shown it at super high levels. So if you took enough where it's an entire bottle of, you know, KE4, sure, your body has excess energy. Why is it going to go make an emergency fuel source? But I've ultimately, my conclusion has been, it doesn't matter. If you use the ketone ester to help you skip that meal that you would have otherwise had that meal, the meal is going to drive down your, your ketones. So if it helps you skip that meal and then allows you to be fasted for more, you know, two or three more, four more hours, then yeah, that, uh, one millimolar, 0.5 millimolar of ketones exogenously is going to lead to more area under the curve, more over time endogenous production because you didn't eat that meal. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't conflict. And if you're in your case where you're already lowering the sugar, which is number one, and you just can't get your numbers up, I, I guess you could try it, but I don't know how quantity, 
if you have energy and brain fog issues and it improves that going from the 1.5 to two or three, okay, sure. But I, I just wouldn't be surprised that you might not see any immediate tangible benefits because that 1.5 millimolar blood ketones in your system after two or three years might be the same as same amount of ketones floating through your system as someone who just starts out and and is that, you know, three or four. So you might be fine. Um, That goes back to subjective. Yeah. And we will wait for the uh, clinical research to to catch up. I just wanted to jump now because I'm really interested in this product. You have one last thing. There's a lot of companies that claim ketones backed by science. 100% 100% of the science that they are citing is ketone ester papers. It's a trick. Wow. It's called science hijacking, where you say, oh, look, our ketones will raise your blood ketones a certain amount. Uh, and look at this paper that says, if your blood ketones raise, it'll do X, Y, and Z. No, those papers used ketone ester, and there's a difference. So you got to watch out for, look at the citations, because there's a lot of companies with a lot of venture capital backing that they literally cite five uh to prove their product works, we'll cite five citations that are using the exact the molecule Easter. or our actual product, ketone ester. So watch wow. out for that. Wow. Okay. So the separate product is a n- new company who actually s- created a separate company called Hard Ketones. And what that is, is this drink right here. Yeah. It's a ethanol-free and ketogenic alcohol. Now, some people think of ketogenic alcohol, they think White Claw or a seltzer is a ketogenic alcohol because it has zero sugar or low sugar, but it's not ketogenic. Ethanol is like sugar, will mm. kick you out of ketosis. Mm. Even one or two drinks, you know, per night kicks you out of ketosis and it makes your HRV recovery scores horrible. So, uh, people, the word alcohol, people think of the word alcohol and ethanol as the same thing. They think, you know, drinking alcohol, ethanol, even the press will enter twine the words but alcohol is actually a bigger umbrella there's hand sanitizer alcohol there's propyl alcohol there's there's several different alcohols ones that you can't drink but they're still technically alcohols so this molecule is called r13 butane dial and we talked about it before it's the starting material for the ketone ester ketone ester is beta hydroxybutyrate bound to r13 butane dial in the blood it separates slowly goes to the liver after multiple passes and it's like slow release and I asked the scientists five years ago, why can't you just give R13-butane dial? Like 80%, hey, that's pretty good. Uh, why can't you just give that instead of this ester, which would cost you know multiple times more? And Dr. Beach said, the mice were stumbling. So the mice were <laughs> drunk. drunk. <laughs> yeah, they're drunk. So they they threw it out as, you know, that that won't be good. And, I, and that's when I filed a patent on it. We have patent pending still on that. I was like, I think humans might want that. I think it might be amazing, <laughs> they might be crazy. Into it. <laughs> crazy hit. Now, the the mice they take half their body weight or what you know, huge huge quantity. So that's not what we're, we're talking about. That's not what we're going for. But at the quantity that we have, this drink will actually raise your blood ketones one to two millimolar per wow. can. Okay, wow. per can, and um, and give you a little bit of a buzz. If there's no buzz, then then it's just a non-alcoholic drink that happens to raise your ketones. But there's a, a little bit of a buzz effect. We do put on there. Uh, 21 and over do not operate, you know, machinery. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's an alcohol, but yeah. it's an ethanol free alcohol. So ethanol converts, that's the, it converts to acetylaldehyde and acetylaldehyde. That is the toxin. Yeah. 
Yeah. That is what has addictive properties. That's what makes Asian people have the red flush face. They're allergic to acetaldehyde. That's what destroys your HRV. It's yeah. just, that's the toxin. Wow. R13-butane. Now, if we created a drink that was, that only was an alcohol that just did not create acetaldehyde, that'd be, that'd be, you know, amazing to have a buzz and not have acetaldehyde would just be groundbreaking. That's what you've done. Time magazine. <laughs> no, but this is better. This not only does that, but then it delivers one, uh, one millimolar of blood ketones to your blood Holy system shit, on top of that. Stuff. So, <laughs> so that, that's, you know, exponentially better. Now, so then the first question people ask, well, can, why can't we use that? If it's less expensive, why can't we use that for sport? It just doesn't work. Well, so, you'd be drunk. <laughs> well, you'd be, well, if you take a Which small, you know, what if drunk. we took a smaller amount and stuff like that? But we gave it to people initially for the initial testing and they're, they didn't read the instructions that it wasn't for sport. It's supposed to be, you know, after work and they took it before running and they said, Frank, you know, I don't think you have a winner here because I was on the treadmill and I saw this couch and all I could think about was sitting on that couch, relaxing, like the opposite of motivation. It was just, and it's what we want what this, at the end of the day. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, that's what this drink ends up doing. It ends up actually relaxing you. And, you know, I said to people, well, if, if you'd like taking a shot of tequila before your marathon race, I guess that might help some people like, you know, but for the most part, the response has been that the ketone ester is expect exponentially better, even though the blood ketones might raise the same amount on a per gram basis, maybe, you know, 70%, but um, close enough that, Hey, just drink 20% more of it. Get your blood ketones is the same number. It's not the same thing. And that's what the, the next five years with, with ketones is going to be, you know, people coming out with these alternative ketones that raise the blood ketones technically, but just doesn't deliver, just doesn't deliver the same uh, effect. And, you know, there is another company that's selling the exact molecule, but not selling it as an alcohol, not disclosing it's an alcohol, instead disclosing that it's a, it's a ketone ester killer, an improvement on the ketone ester using all the ketone ester science and saying, look, uh-huh. you know, and just citing the ketone ester science, but it's, it's an alcohol selling it on Amazon. You're not allowed to sell alcohol on Amazon. And, and they take, they say to take two to three servings is what they recommend pre-workout. So you get on a bicycle, you're going down the Tour de France, 70 miles per hour, and you've taken three servings of this drink. Die quickly. I'm just like, you're, what are you doing to people? Like yeah. this is really, dangerous. really dangerous stuff, uh, yeah. to, you know, used incorrectly, not following, you know, well, that's yeah, you don't go and have half a bottle of tequila, as you say, and then go and right. try and run a marathon. That would just be stupid. And, and yeah. yeah, if you're wanting... But so at least this a, marathon, is where... you, a marathon, you stumble, you trip. Going down, you know, these Tour de France cyclists going 60 miles oh, per hour, you know, it's insane. just, it's, it's Those guys are dangerous. Insane. And that's anyway. that's what happens with the marketing and, and, oh, it's not really alcohol. Like, okay, well, who do you want to ask? A chemist? Or do you want to ask, like, or, you know, it's... <laughs> Have you, yeah, you got impaired judgment like you would have with an alcohol. So, and, and the, but, but, the, but the buzz is different. You know, there, people are a little bit more, uh, their eyes open up more as opposed to like a regular alcohol. You might be at a party and your eyes will get droopier. So there is a, a little bit, it's not exactly like ethanol. Um, it's more upbeat, positive as opposed to like a depressive, uh, alcohol. And we've is actually it? had former alcoholics drink the drink and not trigger relapse and we've actually wow. even helped people go off of one bottle of wine a day they took two cans of this straight yep. out of the gate and she said the first time that she took a sip of it it just felt like a star trek scan of her body like she didn't realize that she had this desire to open a bottle of wine and she just didn't have that 
30, 60 days later, I call her up and said, Hey, how's it going? Have you had any wine? She hadn't had wine at all. Wow. It's just two days, you know, two cans per day. She said she wakes up and it was like the days that she took ice bath. The inflammation was gone Holy that she didn't crap. realize was a thing. She just thought she was just, you know, this is what your face looks like. And it's like, no, my face looks different. I feel different. And, and w- with people, when they take one can of R13, they tend to see an improvement in their sleep scores compared to water. If you compare it to alcohol, it blows it away. I have a, on my Instagram, someone saying, here's, you know, one yeah, alcohol, sleep 36, scores. and here's, you know, 76, uh, you know, taking two of the R13. But, um, and we call it R13 because the name of the molecule is R13 butanediol. So it's kind of the nickname. Um, but taking one can versus water, people are showing their HRV scores improving. Oh and man, so no I can't wait to try this. Improving. Now, if you take two or three, okay, then it, then the HRV scores, you know, go down. Uh, if you have more than that, then yeah, you're, you know, depends on how many you have and what your tolerance is like. Um, and people that have a very high tolerance with regular alcohol, ethanol, sometimes they don't even feel a buzz because their tolerance is super high. And I say for them, think of it as a, the use isn't for getting the buzz. The use is to lower your desire for that alcohol and help you get off of the regular ethanol and, you know, not be crabby. And, uh, and it's not addictive like like alcohol. No, we've had recovering alcoholics take one lady said, Hey, if I had a six pack and I drank one sip of it, I would drink the entire six pack, you know, immediately. She was able to drink half of one of these cans, put it in the fridge. And the next morning she said, normally when I wake up, I would think about alcohol, alcohol, if I just had a six pack the night before, but she woke up, forgot that she had half the drink and that's it. And that woman that took the wine, I forgot to say, she went to two cans. 60 days later, I call her up and she said, I have some bad news for you. I'm like, Oh, you went back to wine or beer or something else. She said, No, I'm not drinking your drink anymore. <laughs> you don't and, need that either. <laughs> and, and I said, Oh, well, she said, I'm not drinking your drink. And I said, Oh, wow. Did you go back to wine? She goes, No, I just drink water. So she went from wine for a year every single day to two cans of our stuff and then went straight to water. And now she just buys it for special occasions, you know, brings it to parties and, you know, wow. weddings and stuff like that. It's just helped yeah. to get off that, 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 that whole vicious I cycle. mean, I'm dying to do clinical research to yeah. prove that. I just, I just have enough anecdotal evidence um, of that, that why not? And we even have anecdotal evidence for smoking. We didn't, you can't say it's a placebo because we asked people in our message board, we have a 3000 person Facebook group, people, post the good and the bad. If someone sends me a text, something didn't work. I say, Hey, go post it to the group that it didn't work. Like, you want me to tell 3000 people your drink didn't work? I said, yeah, let's figure it out. Um, but I said, Hey, did it help anyone with their smoking reduction? Two people chimed in and it goes, Oh my God, I just counted the number of cigarettes that I normally have. And I'm down 75%. And I didn't even know that it was supposed to do that. I just didn't have the craving. I thought it was just me. I just, ah, I just not going to go out for that. And wow. so it, you know, that was the ketone ester, not the R13. I think the R13 really nails, you know, uh, you know, ethanol replacement, but there is an NIH study using ketone ester for, uh, alcohol withdrawal, but I think they're using the wrong molecule. I think the, the R13 is better for rather, that rather than the ester for that. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, this is just so exciting because how many people, how many, families have been destroyed by alcohol how many lives have been destroyed by alcohol you know and but, but even the people that have one or two glasses of wine a day and they say oh i, I read some paper that people who are oh, in the yeah. blue zone have one glass of wine a, a, a day and they live longer 
Yeah, but it's still not a toxin, the acetylaldehyde. It's not doing any good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to get that out. So even yeah. even just clean. I, I tell wellness centers if there's one low hanging fruit is that one your patient that has one or two glasses of wine a day. Just getting that out of the way is going to be the best health improvement that they can do before even ketones, working out, or anything. Yeah, but if we getting can help rid them of that, do that one or two drinks. Yeah. yeah, that's just absolute gold. So fantastic. And you've got different flavors there and different. Yeah. So we have a, a regular, a regular seltzer, which is really, we went kind of on the keto end of light, not sweet. Uh, so we have the seltzer, which is very unsweet. And then we have a, a ginger mule, uh, a GNT, which, which has no gin in it and no sugar. Um, it has just the, the, you can smell the, what smells like a gin and tonic with a faint, taste of a gin and tonic and then we just came out with a, what we call champs it's kind of more like a prosecco champagne flavor wow. that's the sweetest one and our holy grail we're working on is a beer once we get to the <laughs> beer having a low carb beer hopefully 15 to 20 grams of calories and skyrocket your ketones one millimolar i mean that that's just really hard to do to, to get low sugar and no alcohol is just a Feet. I will be losing a lot of money on that product for a long time because no one's going to be willing to spend spend what it costs me to make. But it's it's so cool, and I want to have it personally. So I'm just yeah, yeah exactly. Making, making yeah, my husband, my husband would be into that. I can tell you. <laughs> so I can't wait to try this out. I I think the 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 you know the prospect you know for the, the the future is bright for this stuff there's a hell of a need for it um so really really excited to try it i think you've sent me over a couple of cans and a couple of uh bit of esters so i'm super keen yeah. to try that um frank you've just been absolutely uh, amazing today with sharing your your incredible knowledge um and i really you know appreciate all the hard work that goes into getting companies like this up off the ground and uh, the research that goes into it uh and you know all the difficulty with competing with other marketing things that are the same opposite of what you're saying um but you know you can tell that you're just genuine you know genuine bringing it out saying it how it is and i really appreciate that so thank you very much for the interview Welcome. today thanks thanks for having me That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.